Well, I've been thinking a lot about expectations recently. Uh, what expectations during this season look like upon me, my expectations upon others, what other people's expectations are on me, uh, what the expectation of achievement is during this time. You see, we value achievement, don't we? As, as a culture, we value doing, advancing. And, and this pandemic, it flies in the face of that. Uh, expectations. Uh, and I was reading uh, Luke 24 this week, just as part of my morning reading and my devotional. And uh, it helped me kind of focus on what good expectations look like for me in this moment. And I just wanted to share that with you this morning. This is not a preach. It's just a journey into my devotions. And so let me read to you Luke 24, just starting in verse 13. It says, now that same day, two of them were on their way to a village named Emmaus, which is about seven miles from Jerusalem. Together, they were discussing everything that had taken place. And while they were discussing and arguing, Jesus himself came near and began to walk along with them. But they were prevented from recognising him. Then he asked them, what is this dispute that you're having with each other as you are walking? And they stopped walking and looked discouraged. The one named Cleopas answered him, are you the only visitor in Jerusalem who doesn't know the things that have happened there in these days? What things, he asked them. So, they, so he, they said to him, the things concerning Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet, powerful in action and speech before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and the leaders handed him over to be sentenced to death and they crucified him. But we were hoping that he was the one who was about to redeem Israel. Besides all this, it's the third day since these things happened. Moreover, some of the women from our group astounded us. They arrived early at the tomb and when they didn't find his body, they came and reported that what they had seen were visions of angels who said he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but they didn't see him. And he said to them, how foolish you are and how slow to believe all the prophets have spoken. Wasn't it necessary for the Messiah to suffer these things and enter into glory? Then beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted them um, for them the things concerning himself in all the scriptures. We're going to read on in a few minutes, but just to give you some context, Jesus has been crucified um, and has risen again three days later. Uh, and all the confusion and the heartache and the disappointment. But this, as the scripture says, this is now the third day. And for those of us that follow Jesus, we understand that, that, that term, the third day, that Jesus rose on the third day. But for Cleopas and his companion, they have no idea as they're walking out of Jerusalem. Now, some scholars believe that uh, this is Cleopas and his wife, Mary, if it's a certain Cleopas. Uh, we don't know that. Um, I mean, they, uh, it says that they, they were discussing and arguing. So we might be able to conclude that it was Cleopas and his wife, Mary. But anyway, it's Cleopas and an unnamed companion. And they're leaving Jerusalem, the place where all their hopes and dreams have died. They had all their hope in Jesus and they're taking this seven mile walk towards the village of Emmaus. And this is when they have this encounter. And Luke tells this moment so amazingly. There's sorrow and suspense, isn't there? I mean, we know this man that's speaking to them is Jesus, the risen Jesus. But they've got no idea. Why? Well, it might be because um, Jesus' glorified body it, it looks different and they're, they're, they don't recognise it. Uh, it might be part of that, but certainly circumstances have blinded them. Their expectations and their experience have been derailed. The fact that they couldn't recognise Jesus because they couldn't recognise the events that had just happened as being part of God's story, God's plan, God's redemption. Sometimes the details of life can blind us to the grand story of who God is and what he's doing throughout history. 
they, like everybody else in Israel, had been reading the scriptures through the wrong end of the binoculars. Cleopas, his companion, the others, all of Israel. You see, they expected their Messiah to bring an exodus. Just as Israel had been redeemed from slavery in Egypt at the first Passover, so they hoped that Israel would now be redeemed from this evil Roman domination at this Passover. And we see in verse 21, let me find it, it says, but we were hoping that he was the one who was about to redeem Israel. That's what they're, that's what they're hoping. This is our expectation. We put all of our eggs in the basket of Jesus. We're hoping him to be the one to do what we want, the way we want him to do it, when we want him to do it. See, Cleopas's puzzled little statement here only needs the slightest little twist to turn it into the gospel, doesn't it? It says at the end of verse 20, beginning of verse 21, they crucified him, but we had hoped he would redeem Israel. But as they journey just a few miles down this road, that phrase would become, they crucified him, and that was how he did redeem Israel. You see, the resurrection makes all the difference. And Jesus takes them back through their scriptures to show them himself, to see the big picture, to be reminded just who God is and what he is doing in and through Jesus. Yes, in this moment and all along, this is what it has been about. See, we can lose sight of the big story of God when we're in the middle of the mess, when we're in the middle of the story as we are right now. But these two journey people, they had missed it. They, they had seen the story of God and believed that God would redeem Israel from suffering and make them great and make their life joyous. But instead, the story of God was how um, he would redeem humanity through suffering. The suffering taken upon himself for our sake. In that moment, circumstances seem to overwhelm, to blind, to confuse the truth of who Jesus is. But then Jesus comes along and shows them who he actually is. You see, expectation founded on anything but the truth of Jesus will result in despondency. And we can have good placed expectations, but if it's not based on the reality and the truth of who Jesus is, then we lose our way. Hope that life will be the way we want it to be that we'll get to do what we want to do, that Jesus will make our life make sense. This was the hope of Israel. I wonder if as followers of Jesus today, we're that much different. You see, we need to see Jesus in the midst of whatever it is you're going through, in the midst of this pandemic. We don't need perfect policy. We don't need exact science. We don't need accurate statistics. They're helpful. They're really great to aim at. But for most people, they're the expectations of what they need. If we can just get that, then everything will be okay. But what we really need is to see Jesus. And the world will never see Jesus if the church isn't looking to him. And Jesus always reveals himself. So to see Jesus, we have to get close to Jesus. On this journey that we are with him, walking along the road like Cleopas and his companion, we need to get close to Jesus and he will reveal himself. Cleopas and his companion get lost in this moment because their experience and their expectations didn't line up. But when we see Jesus, he exceeds our expectation because we experience the reality of who he is. Let's just read the moment when they discover who uh, this man is that's speaking to them. Verse 28, it says, they came near the village where they were going and he gave the impression that he was going further. They urged him, stay with us because it's almost evening and now the day is almost over. So he went in and stayed with them. It was as he reclined at the table with them that he took bread, blessed it and broke it and gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened and they recognised him, but he disappeared from sight. Then they said to each other, 
Weren't our hearts burning within us while he was talking with us on the road and explaining the scriptures to us? That very hour they got up and returned to Jerusalem. They found the eleven and those with them gathered together who said the Lord was truly been raised and has appeared to Simon. Then they began to describe what had happened on the road and how he was made known to them in the breaking of the bread. They just had the whole story told to them, retold to them. I don't think this is just key texts that make them feel good in a moment. I think this is the grand story with Jesus at the very centre of it. Him unpacking the, the story of God and saying, look, it points to Jesus. This is the story. And it says their hearts burned within them in that moment. Now in this meal moment, having just been reminded of the story. Let's think of the story. Let's go back to the first meal we read about in the Bible. Genesis 3, starting verse 6, it says, The woman took some of the fruit and ate it. She gave it to her husband and he ate it. Listen to this bit. Then the eyes of both of them were opened and they knew they were naked. See, death itself can be traced to that moment. The whole of creation now subject to decay, to death, to suffering, to sorrow, to pandemics. It finds its origin in that moment. Now, Luke, he echoes that story, but it's different because now death has been defeated. This is now a meal of new creation. And Jesus, it says in verse 31, took the bread, blessed it and broke it and gave it to them. Listen to this bit. Then the eyes of both of them were opened and they recognised him. Do you see the similarity? Two meals, one in Eden, the other in Emmaus. Both eye-opening meals, but one brings restlessness, the other brings restoration. One brings death, the other brings life. One sees sin, the other sees Jesus. Now, it'd be lovely if this is Cleopas and his wife. What a beautiful uh, restorative moment of Adam and Eve, husband and wife, Cleopas and Mary, seeing that this long curse has now been broken, that death has been defeated, that God's new creation brimming with life and joy, new possibility. It's just burst upon this world of decay and death and sorrow. We need to be reminded of this story, that this is where we are and this is where we're heading. It's both now and not yet. It's here, but not fully here. And that's what communion is all about. It's a meal of life. I love that in this moment, it says in verse 33 that they returned to Jerusalem and it's with such urgency. It says that same hour they got up and returned to Jerusalem. They returned to the place of confusion, of fear, of anger. But this time they carry hope with them. This time with resurrection as their experience. And that has exceeded all expectations. See, Rome may still be controlling the streets, but Jesus, he's now truly Lord of their heart. And that experience changes everything. They can be in that place. We can be in this pandemic only because we, just like Cleopas and his companion, have truly seen Jesus. And that transforms and changes every expectation we have. They now understand the story, even though they're still caught up in the middle of it. The concluding chapters have been determined. Equally, we're only going to understand Jesus when we see him as the one to whom all scripture points. When we see the story of God beyond the experiences we face and the expectations we have, and we see that Jesus is alive. Not just the way that Lazarus comes back to life, not just the way that Jairus' daughter comes back to life. Now, they've got to face death again. Now, Jesus has taken on death and he has conquered it. So even though we may face death, we only face the shadow of death, not its full force, because it is not a full stop. He has taken our sin and he has reversed it. 
So now death is not powerful enough. Sin is not powerful enough. And that's what we remember in this meal that we take, in this meal of communion. And what it does is it points us to Jesus. It invites us to see him as he is in the midst of whatever it is we're going through. That at this meal, our expectation, our experiences, they change as we see Jesus. We get to bring all that others have done to us and see that Jesus died for them as much as he died for me and his forgiveness is mine so my forgiveness can be theirs. We get to leave all the confusion and the fear with him knowing that we may not understand it all but there is a bigger story and God is in control of that bigger story. And we have seen the one to whom this story is all about and we have seen what he has done and will do. And so we can go back into that experience of pain, confusion, hurt and loss with hope. We can bring injustice and anger and the invitation is to truly sit and see Jesus. Open our eyes to see you, Jesus, and let our hearts burn within us. And so we're going to gather and take communion. And I, 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 my prayer is that this is what will happen. Because that's what we need. That's what this world needs. That we may have eyes that have seen and hearts that burn with the reality of Jesus in the midst of everything we experience. Amen.